It's finally here. It is draft week. And here on Locked on Steelers, we're going to take a more in-depth look at the Steelers' potential picks than we've had all all offseason. Joining me today is Jim Wexel of Steelers 24-7. We're going to get all of his his insights and his perspective on what the Steelers are going to do. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team Every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose on all things the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. This episode being sponsored by BetterHelp is because BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on the journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. More on that later. As I said before, we're joined by one of the legends of Pittsburgh media here, <laughs> Jim Wexel, who has been the man. I have learned so much from this guy. We've had him on the show before, and we're glad happy to have him back here. You can find him on 24-7 Sports, or you can find him in any of his books that he's authored. One on Polamalu was just Troy Polamalu's 42nd birthday. So if you wanted to check that out, go check on online uh, for, for the book Polamalu. But especially for the draft season, there's on the clock, behind the scenes with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the NFL draft all authored by the man here himself, Jim Wexel. Jim, how you doing? I'm good, Chris. How are you, man? I'm doing great. It's draft week, which means we only got a little bit more time before we have to keep speculating about the same 300 dudes that we've been talking about for the past <laughs> few months here. So I'm excited for this time. But Jim, I always like to listen to you because you don't follow the beat of everyone's drum. You are you have your own perspective. You do your own studying. You come up with your own answers. And a lot of people have zeroed in on, and needs are one thing, but player evaluation is another. A lot of people have zeroed on an offensive tackle and cornerback, specifically uh, Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, uh, those type of guys. And then on cornerback, you know, Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks, you know, if can Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon fall. But you yourself, I've seen you kind of talk about guys you do like and don't like. And I, I'm intrigued to see who are the guys that you think that if the Steelers landed them at 17, who are reasonable, not like, oh, this is just the the miracle that, that never could happen. But the reasonable guys that you're like, hey, if they land this guy, they just made the best move of the first round that they could. Oh, Chris, Chris, so much respect for me. That's a lot of pressure, brother. <laughs> um, you know, it is funny season, isn't it? I mean, there's disinformation flying around. And so you change your mind. You go. So I just went back and watched jo Joey Porter Jr. again. You know, I'm circling mm -hmm. back on some of these guys. Uh, he's still the guy. You know, Darnell Wright. I thought was the other guy, Darnell Wright and Joey Porter Jr. And Deontay Banks, I would say, is the third guy, <clears throat> if you're picking at 17. So uh, Darnell Wright, you know, Bob McGinn, do you know who he is? Yes. Bob McGinn's, uh, uh, he doesn't write for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel anymore, but he's uh, really locked in with the scouts, and he gets a lot of anonymous scouts, and you got to be careful with the anonymous scouts, but right. if you can't give their name or else they're not going to tell you the truth. So uh, Darnell Wright just took a beating in his uh, offensive tackles 
preview, uh, Darnell Wright took a beating for work ethic. Mm. And, you know, Dewan Jones really, I think, has faded from my radar for the Steelers because of the rumors about him at the pro day not working out. Tomlin was disappointed in that. Six mm. eight, three hundred forty pound guys got to show some interest. I mean, right? Some of these way too big guys are uh, problematic to begin with because they're, they're just lumber. They're too big. Some of these tackles can be too big, especially you. with with quickness off the edge. So, Dewan Jones, you know, you can't you can't have a poor work ethic. So he was a problem. And now, if Darnell Wright's got a poor work ethic. And again, these are anonymous scouts in silly season. A mm-hmm. lot of bad stuff flies around. The thing is, I don't get the part about using the media to change minds. Yeah. Because the NFL evaluators aren't reading the media anyway. No. Unless maybe to see who the beat writers in a particular city have. Like uh, maybe the Steelers want to know who Washington's really interested in. Right. Maybe they're reading Washington a little bit. But – um. So, uh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. This is too much light. Okay, my good. No, you're fine. Okay, yeah, you're 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 great right now. But I, I think Joey Porter Jr. That's who I we did a giant mock draft of all the locked on hosts mm-hmm. uh, just just two weeks ago. We we aired it last week, and I came in with Joey Porter Jr. for the Steelers because he fell to 17, and, and he's the guy who I continue to look at early on. I didn't think that he'd fall to 17 when we were we were looking at the combine and we were talking to guys, and he was talking in front of people. I was like, man. All three of them corners are getting snatched up before 15 even happens. So it ain't happening. But the but, more, well, more he, get, there's a reason. Okay. I mean, he runs a four four six forty, and, and you know that's not fast, right? But it's not slow. It's not mm-hmm. going to kick him out of there at 17. But it's going to allow him to fall to 17. He, you know, and, and hey, somebody may may be in, interested in Deontay Banks at four three five. You know, he's that kind of guy. Ike Taylor traveled for years with the top receiver on the other team because, you know, he was 4-2. There were even rumors he was in the four ones. I laughed at that when I had him That's on the crazy. draft show right after he got picked because <laughs> there were reports he was in the four ones. But that's the kind of speed you like out of a press man corner because – and, you know, I, I watched Joey play against Marvin Harrison Jr. And then I just watched uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. play against Kelly Ringo. <laughs> Joey, Joey was just so much better than Ringo. He uses his hands. But man, if Harrison gets past him, there's a lot of catching up for Joey. And at 446, right. You know, so so I think that's going to allow him to fall. Now, however, um everybody knows the Steelers are going to like they they know they want a corner, they know mm-hmm. they want a press man corner, and they know they like bloodlines, and they know that Joey Porter Jr. is a natural fit. He's just because he'll be comfortable here, there won't be pressure on him. I was watching a show where they were pondering whether Joey Porter Jr. would feel pressure. He he's was been here as a kid. He covered AB this, when he was twelve. This years is home. Old. He's fine. <laughs> That's pressure. You're yeah. twelve covering AB. So uh, yeah, everybody knows that PZ Jr. is a fit here. Therefore, like Darrell Revis, you could trade up right into that number sixteen spot because you know that he's going to go to the Steelers. So somebody who may be in love with him may trade up before the Steelers. And that's the danger mm-hmm. of having this natural fit. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, you know, over the years, the Steelers wanted Pouncey. They got him. And and, and, and there's no secrets. I mean, 
they don't really advertise it. But right. And I don't know that we in the media are that smart, but even <laughs> we've figured it out. And Jarvis mm-hmm. Jones, we knew that was that was a lock. Um, right. Najee Harris was a lock. And they get these guys. We know their locks. Kenny Pickett. We know their locks mm-hmm. and they get still get them. So maybe maybe they'll get PZ Jr. Maybe they will. I want to talk to you more about PZ in a little bit here uh, because I think that that's, that that's an important perspective of this. And I also want to talk to you about Omar Khan and how you've perceived some of his moves here in this offseason. We'll do all of that in a minute here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. So don't go away. But first, I want to talk to you guys because this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp is one of the best ways that you can find help for yourself whenever you're trying to put things together in your life. I've, I I can tell you as a person that my life is full of twists and turns, and there's a lot of times that I don't even show up for myself through, through all of that. And it's important to make sure that you do in your life as you're taking on your daily challenges. BetterHelp the Online Therapy will help you find the therapist that you need. And it's a professional licensed therapist in less than 20, in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a help. It's not self-help. It's actual professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. With therapy, you can you can take a few tries and find the right, it, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you, but BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists whenever you want. And they have a special offer for all our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10 percent off your first month of online therapy at better help.com slash locked on back here on the locked on Steelers podcast I'm your host Chris Carter joined today by Jim Wexel esteemed author here of on the clock behind the scenes with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the NFL draft Jim I want to get back to peasy for a second here Joey Porter Jr one thing that is there's a lot of criticisms about not just the speed but he only had one interception in college and people say does he even have the ball skills to be that kind of a playmaker but I also look at the fact that just last year he was only targeted 30 times and he never gave up a touchdown that shows to me that like yeah sure the ball production isn't there isn't on the stat sheet but I think that in the NFL when he starts to get more targeted more targets he'll get more interceptions Jalen Ramsey didn't have a whole lot of interceptions in college there's plenty of cornerbacks who may not show the numbers in college but they show the skills when you watch Joey Porter Jr., what gives you confidence that he'll beat that narrative, the idea that, oh, he doesn't have the ball skills to be the play, the ball hawk out there? To tell you the truth, Chris, I'm just guessing because I, I'm just I'm just going to say, to answer your That's question, fair. I'm going to say because his dad had really good hands. <laughs> you know, he had 18 picks, I believe, in, in the NFL. Uh, um, you know, he I, I think you nailed it. He's only thrown at 30 times. And the other thing mm-hmm. is he's playing press, man. His right. back's to the quarterback. And he really, that's where he struggled as an off man, his transition mm. and his change of direction. Those are the, those are the, those are the negatives. Um, but his hands and his strength at the line, and then he, he stays in your hip pocket and he's got those long arms and he, he uses them well, not just his hand fighting, but getting the right hand up to bat the ball away. I, I don't know how many PBUs he had, but that will be very effective in the red zone. And, you know, Mike Tomlin's going to like red zone corners. Oh, he, he loves him some <laughs> red zone guys. So, yeah, maybe he gets beat deep, maybe, because of that 4-4-6 we talked about. But he he knows what he's doing with his long arms 
And as Patrick Peterson talked to us about, you know, why did you have five picks and 15 PBUs last year? In most in 10 years, Patrick, he said, because I was playing more off man. When you're in man, when you're in press man, your heads to your 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 heads turn to the quarterback. You it's not a good situation for getting picks. So couple combine all of that, and I'm just gonna hope that he has his dad's hands and not his mom's. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I know he has his mom's demeanor. He's a really yes. nice kid. Mm-hmm. Nothing like his dad. <laughs> no, yeah, his, he's and he said it perfectly when he was at the combine. He's like, I'm my dad on the field, but I'm my mom off the field because. He 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 can play the villain as a player when he puts the pads on, but he can uh, when he conducts himself like you don't see him saying Joey, Jeremy, stuff like that. Joey Porter right, used to do right. when he was talking trash about Jeremy Stevens and a whole bunch of other people. But I, I hear you on that, and I, I want to take some time to, to to also address how the Steelers have gotten here. Where you know we've seen the the, the recent trade for Allen Robinson, they signed Isaac Samalo and Patrick Peterson, they brought back <laughs> Larry Ogunjobi, they got a Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb. They've made all these signings. There's going to be twelve, at least twelve new Steelers that we know right now uh, that of guys that weren't on the roster last year that are now. Is this a change of pace for Omar Khan in this front office? Like, is this a complete switch of philosophy, or is this more so just because this is what the Steelers? might have been doing had they not had a franchise quarterback for the past 15, 16 years, however long they had Ben Roethlisberger. You know, and, and I hate to criticize Kevin Colbert, and I could be way off here, but at times you wonder if there's a little bit of arrogance where, you could know, be. we don't, we don't need to, we don't need to be begging somebody's free agents or, or going out of our way because we're the Steelers. We're going to find somebody. We always do. And, Jericho Cotri in 2011 came in mid-August. Joe Hayden came in mid-August. Mm-hmm. Uh, there seems to be more urgency is all I'll say. Uh, uh, but I tell you, you look back and, and the draft is part two. And I know Mike Tomlin runs that. And uh, he leans on these guys, Omar and Andy. Uh, but, you know, as you get into the later rounds, Tomlin, you know, we'll leave it up to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't visited all these guys. He hasn't watched all the tape, I presume. And uh, the suggestions, you know, Tom will have the last say. But um, it's still back in. Uh, let's just—I mean, let's not start with Art Rooney Jr. in the mid '60s because sure. Buddy Parker had traded away all the next picks for the next twelve years. Right. But when in '87, when Dick Haley took over, the late Dick Haley, mm-hmm. they had a monster draft. They went in looking for Shane Conlon, and oops, they ended up with Rod Woodson. And then they round four, they wanted another – they wanted linebackers. They wanted Donnie Graham out of Penn State. They had to get the Jim Thorpe winner, uh, uh, Thomas Everett, at safety. In fifth round, they settled for Hardy Nickerson, who played for 16 years and made 214 tackles one year. Uh, I mean, they used their board. They didn't – I don't think they they really thought about need as much. I mean, Rod Woodson will fill any need. Mm-hmm. And that's what I worry about. Uh, uh, what was the next one? Uh, Col- well, um, when Donahoe took over in 92. Yeah. And Cower came in at the same year. Great draft. Leon Searcy was not a need. Ton- he didn't play at all his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Tonjilkin was a Pro Bowl right tackle. But he was old and he needed to replace eventually. But they went by the board. They got talent. They didn't mm-hmm. worry about needs. And then LeVon Kirkland, defensive end, they moved to middle linebacker. Boom. And the third round was Joel Steed. Boom. Had a- Joel Steed had terrible combine numbers. They watched the tape. They, they you know, 
They love that. And so uh, uh, I think Darren Perry was that year too. Mm -hmm. um, and then when Kevin Colbert came in, you know, first pick Plaxico Burris, second pick Marvell Smith, you know, I, I, I can't Pretty remember the list of that draft, but there's an urgency and they, they draft talent, at least that first year. And maybe when Omar gets into that second, third year, he might get a little arrogant. Let's fill a specific need here to get to the Super Bowl instead of not having an arrogance and saying, we're building, we need building blocks. And mm -hmm. that's that's the first round. The other position that we're all glossing over is outside linebacker. This is a great draft for edge rushers. It is. And the Steelers really have no number three. They and don't. they've been talking for years about getting a real rotation going. And, and you could even extend Alex Highsmith and still use a third-round guy like Will McDonald, I just love. Mm -hmm. uh, Nolan Smith. Okay, yeah. okay, you're not going to go there at 17. Maybe one of those guys is going to be there at 32. Because if you're going to use a press man corner like Joey Porter Jr., he is going to get beat off the line at times. And right. you're going to need a pass rusher to get there. And you mm -hmm. better make sure that TJ Watt's not sitting out, resting in his rotation, and you got Jameer Jones or Quincy Roche in there or whatever. You know, I, I, I'd love to see them get a foundation piece. like And a center. This is a great year for centers. Steelers have like 12 of them on the roster. But they <laughs> don't have the they don't have that legacy continuing. I agree. That has built the Steelers tradition. And those guys are, are available here. So I hope they look and think that way. And as the past is our guide, and that book tells you all about it. Mm -hmm. Those guys come in that first year and they they pick foundational players. And even past their first years, like you think about Colbert in the early 2000s in free agency, going and getting a James Ferrier, a Jeff Hardings. He found foundational pieces, guys that were contributing to championship teams. And that's the thing. Like, I think that, like, you're right. There might have been an arrogance to Kevin Colbert that, that changed things up later. And there were some aggressive moves, like getting Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, in, in, in the trade that they yeah. did. But, like, they were fewer and far between later on. And some of that might have been Ben Roethlisberger. Some of that might have been Colbert being around for a long time and being set in a, in a certain plan there. But, you know, I think that I liken it back to, you know what, I think Omar Khan's setting a tone. And I think that the – and it's not just him. It's Andy Weidel, of course, as well. It's this, it's a it's a front office team. But they're putting it together. Uh, quick thought out here because you brought up the center position, and I love a couple centers in this yeah. draft class. If you had to, If you had to take Joe Tipman – or John Michael Schmitz, who are you taking right now? <laughs> I'm gonna leave Pressure. that up. To, I'm gonna leave that up to smarter people because I love both <laughs> of them and they're so both totally different. John Michael Schmitz is such a technician and gets better leverage in a Mike Webster kind of way. I, I know, don't kill me. He's not Mike Webster. <laughs> yeah, whoa. <laughs> but I'm just saying. And uh, uh, Tipman is six six and pulls huge. I'm yeah. not gonna call him Dermani Dawson. Six six. Nope. I mean, who is that? Uh, didn't Detroit have a center who's six six? Glass now or uh, yes, uh, yeah, Glass now was big. Was pretty yeah, it's six yeah. six. I mean, you don't like those six six guys uh, blocking your quarterback's view, but I mean, Tipman's very interesting too. And I tell you, I watched, I watched the Wisconsin defensive tackle Keanu. I love, I love Keanu Benton. Keanu if you Benton, listen to this him? show, you know I'm a Keanu Benton guy. Well, see, I watched him against Ohio State, and I'm an Ohio State center guy after watching that because I thought he pushed Luke them Weifler. all over the field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he's another one. But again, that's that's three centers you just named, yeah. and probably not they're not 17th overall picks, but 
The Steelers got three picks between the second and third rounds. You know who Those else is going to be a great center is that uh, kid from TCU, Avila. Avila. Oh, Steve Avila. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know he's a guard, but he looks like Rodney Hudson to me. And Interesting. You know, hey, Chris, I thought the same thing of Kendrick Green, so what do I know? <laughs> hey, we all strike out. We all miss on guys that that, that we uh, that we th- we think are going to be really good. I used to think that Reuben Foster was going to be really good, and he was out of the league in like two years. But um, but I think that's the other interesting part of this is that the different positions that people might not necessarily be talking about as much. I want to talk to you a little bit more about edge rusher and about the philosophy that you're talking about with how when you study all those draft classes, what were the best things that the Steelers did as far as paying attention to talent that built some of their better teams? We'll talk about all that and more right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jim Wexel, esteemed author here of On the Clock, behind the scenes with the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the NFL Draft. Get his book online anywhere that you that you can. It's an awesome read. I've read it, and it's awesome. Uh, Jim, I want to talk to you more here. You brought up Edge Rusher, and I'm also intrigued by that. Yeah, If Will McDonald or Nolan Smith fell to 32, I don't think either will. I think that Nolan Smith... I think the way that he tested, someone's going to jump at that guy in the top 12 somewhere. I think someone's going to get really aggressive with him. Uh, but at the same time, someone look, might look at his height and say, yeah, maybe he's not the traditional kind of edge rusher we want. Will McDonald, another guy, I think that if the Steelers were lucky enough to get him at 32, that would be a, a, a huge hit for, hit for them. You've talked before about the potential – uh, you prefer to draft Hall of Fame talent. That's something I saw you tweet the other day. And when people were talking to you about trading back, and that's something that I've advocated on this show a lot. I've said, hey, man, if you don't see those top three offensive tackles or those top three corners or anyone that you think is worth the 17th overall pick, Steelers should be willing to trade back into the mid-20s and recoup another top, uh, another pick that can get you in day two, second or third round somewhere so that you're adding to the value that you can get there because I think there's a lot of talent there. What would what would state your case as far as why you think the better move is is even if those top guys are there, still sticking at 17 and getting the guy that's on their board that they have next up lined up? Well, this is an extreme example, but in 1990, well, it, they were picking 17th, as a matter of fact, hmm. and uh, a Hall of Fame caliber player was looking at him right, right in the eyeballs, but they didn't need him. They didn't need a running back. They had drafted Tim Worley the year before. They didn't need Emmett Smith. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they traded down four spots and picked up a third rounder. Great. I mean, that's the logic that all Steeler fans want, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they traded down and drafted a guy with, <laughs> with red flags, bad character, Eric Green, red flags all over, great talent. Mm-hmm. But the red flags were there. And they picked up a third rounder, Craig Vesey. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Nope. No one remembers him hardly. I, I do remember him, but. It all made sense, right? Until Emmett Smith beat him in the Super Bowl and went to the Hall of Fame. And Tim Worley was uh, in rehab. So, and so was Eric Green. I mean, sometimes you got to draft the Hall of Fame player. Now, that's an extreme example. But if someone used, someone said, well, yeah, okay, Bijan Robinson's there. What do you do? I'm like, well, Najee isn't, is better than Tim Worley. But, you know, the Chiefs would find a way to use that speed and, and that shiftiness in the open field somehow. I agree. I was actually going to ask this. Uh, I apologize to one of our listeners. Jeff from Clarion has dropped several questions. I was saving this 
for a later show this week, but he has been asking several times, why not draft Bijan in the first round if he falls to you? Why not do that? And you know, and, and I think the whole point is that because he's talked about how something I've said on this show a lot is the Steelers are going to are, are are moving towards and preparing to be a stronger running team because I think that's going to attack a lot more weaknesses in the defense of defenses in the NFL who have trained to take on more pass heavy teams and I think that that's going to be a good thing not that they'll run the ball all the time but they'll have a run balance that makes things easier for a young Kenny Pickett and also emphasizes the talents of a Najee Harris and a one-two punch with Jalen Warren who I think had a really good first year for an undrafted free agent rookie if you're sitting there and <laughs> Bijan Robinson falls to you is it crazy to take him if you think he's a hall of fame talent that you could pair with Najee Harris and you can just have just this backfield out of hell that just comes and wrecks everyone up because to me I look at that and I'm saying man someone's going to be really hungry for Bijan and you and you maybe you don't trade back and you, you get a better haul than what you got for Eric Green back in the day but Maybe you try to see, like, all right, who's really hungry for this guy, like the Chiefs or the Eagles, if they haven't picked them already. You know, if there's someone that's out there that says, hey, we'll give up two seconds and a third or, or so, something crazy where you try to drive up the price. What's your move if Bijan, like, are you in on the idea of taking Bijan if he's just there and all your other top talents that you had ahead of him are gone? Yeah, Chuck Noll once said, uh, uh, the definition of an expert is somebody who doesn't have money riding on his decision. And so it's very easy for you and I to be experts. This is a question. I can see why you ignored it. <laughs> I was I wasn't ignored. I was waiting. No, I was going to talk about it later in the week, but you brought up B. John Robinson. Like, well, I got it. And I apologize to Jeff because I normally bring the, sh the questions on the show and I have their, their audio clips. I didn't prepare it for this show because I wasn't, I didn't think this would come up, but here it is. And I figured we could talk with the man, Jim. Well, let me let me let me put it this way. Uh, I was going to use this because everybody thinks you can get since it is a deep crop of OLBs, you can get one in the middle rounds. Mm -hmm. And uh, they tried that with a guy named Chris Carter in 2011. And they tried it with Thaddeus mm -hmm. Gibson in 2010, Bruce Davis in 28. They had mm -hmm. James Harrison and and uh, Lamar Woodley, but they needed a number three and you can get them in the middle rounds. And then uh, in 2000, 2004, while Dick Hoke's pounding the table for Michael Turner, Turner Burner, remember him? I remember him, yeah. Turned into an outstanding uh, – his career wasn't long, but he is a running back. Yeah, he was but good. Dick, Dick Hoke's pounding the table in the fifth round for Turner Burner, but they had Bettis and they had Deuce Staley, right? Mm -hmm. So they took Nathaniel Adibi, another mid-round OLB. All those guys are just forgotten. They're, they're nobody. The last mid-round guy they got was Clark Hagans, who was any good in, in 2000. So it just doesn't happen down there. But, uh, um, you know, a third running back, and they needed Willie Parker. They got lucky signing him after the draft. They, did. they needed Willie Parker when Deuce and Bettis were hurt for a good chunk of 2005. And uh, uh, so you can never have enough talent. Take the great talent. Now, the first round is a tough one, and that's where – I'm going to chicken out and really, <laughs> I don't know if I have the guts to take Bijan Robinson, but I have the guts to take where, where I need an immediate backup, like offensive tackle, outside linebacker, um, corner. Uh, uh, you know, I could even be talked into a safety, a defensive tackle. So uh, those positions, I'm not sure I have the guts to go running back, especially their skill players really seem to be, filled out it seems to be a good you know how many balls do you have but man 
I can be talked into Bijan Robinson. I'll tell you that. I, I hear you on that. And like, like it, the idea, idea is very attractive, right? Like this guy's really good. You could get him, you could get him. And then you could have a run, one, two punch, uh, a running back that would be extremely dangerous. And you could, you know, both of these guys, you could motion them out and put them in different spots and make them make your, your offense a whole different set of weapons than anyone else has the NFL. So hey, Chris, yeah, that is an extreme idea. Tyreek Hill was running back coming out. Hmm. Hmm. You know, and I don't know Bijan Bijan, how fast is Bijan? Uh, I'll pull that up in just a second here. Um, but uh, but but Bijan, one thing that he showed and that a lot of people talk about is his receiving skills are yeah. off the charts, and that and that he could be a guy that you just naturally just float out. He's a four four six guy. Um, but uh uh, but you know, he but he's a guy who he you could line up out, out in the slot and let him go to work. Um, I mean, that was part of what made Le'Veon Bell so dangerous was his his flexibility and playing different different roles. You know, he's still a running back, but you could make put him in different positions. And, and I'm but I'm I'm with you on the idea that talent is is the most important thing. Um, because I'm also okay with if they draft a guy in the first round and he has to sit for a year, as long as he actually turns out to be a really great talent that carries them in the future years. That's fine. Like say they draft Joey Porter jr. And you know what? Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, they just got it right now. That's fine. But you're going to trust that Joey Porter jr. Is eventually going to get there and be, and be that kind that kind of a, you know, be that, be the guy that's going to be the future torchbearer of the cornerback room. And I, I think that, I think that that's important here, but the same thing goes for edge rushers. You know, a lot of people I think have tuned out edge rusher, from the the second and third rounds because they're like ah we you know you got TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith you're probably going to pay Alex Highsmith why would you draft another guy that high and, and I say you know like you're saying here Jim you know you've been what you want that rotation and Andy Weidel I think one of the things he did very well for the for the Eagles was they assembled a rotation of big men up front both on the inside and on the edge that kept fresh legs at all times so that they were coming at you in the fourth first quarter and they were coming at you in the fourth quarter and nobody was tired because no one no one had to play 95% of the snaps they were all rotating in and out and it, it was and you were still just putting pressure on that offensive line on the other side I'm all for getting getting one of those guys you know it, that we could be talking about as far as edge rushers to kind of fill that out but the same thing also goes for your interior guys you know i, I really like keanu benton um you know but if like brian brzee is there yeah go get him too i think he's he's another guy there's just a lot of talent that i think with the depth of this class that you could find find yourself very happy about how you're adding to any room and even if that guy isn't a, isn't a starter right now that does not mean automatically this was a bad pick per se uh, especially you know with patrick peterson you want you want a quality young corner to come in. Were you at the press conference with Patrick Peterson? I was not. I was doing I pit tell stuff. You, he, he's very impressive. Very impressive. That's why I want to see him eventually play free safety in a, in a Rod Woodson role. But <laughs> he he's the guy that's going to teach a young corner how to play this game in, in a Joe Hayden way. You know, the same, same kind of character Joe had. This guy's the same kind of, kind of guy. So you want – Joey Porter Jr. come in and learn from Patrick Peterson. And if you take a, an edge rusher at 32, you've got rushing coverage. The, the, yeah. the principle of the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And, and you've got to get some linebackers too. You know, linebacker is the core of the Steelers. Yeah. Everything. And, uh, you know, TJ, okay. Alex Highsmith's coming on. The inside guys seem to be stopgap right now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can get a Jack Campbell in a third round as a future captain. That, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, rushing coverage, guys, in two, three years, when you're talking Super Bowl and you forgot about Alex Heisman signing somewhere else, you got Will McDonald uh, and you've got Joey Porter Jr. as the stalwarts on a defense. They're foundational pieces three years ago when Omar Khan's first draft. Is, is Jack Campbell your guy at linebacker? He's become my guy, yeah. And okay. well, I tell you, I like I like the uh the the little guy from Cincinnati. Is his name Tate? Oh, uh, Price. Price. Right? Is it, is it Price? Uh hold on. Tate. I thought it was Tate. Pace. It might be me. Pace. Pace. Ivan, That's what it is. I apologize. That kid knows how to make tackles. Huh? He does. I mean, and he hits hard. That's all he really he slides through things. Now Dorian Williams is very interesting at Tulane. If you've watched him, he hits. I've hard. seen him. He hits and hard he's too. A, yeah, he he's comes a down converted smooth. strong safety. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that he has the instincts that and Pace has those natural inside linebacker find a way to make this tackle. He's that kind of guy. I'm not sure guys like Trenton Simpson have that. And Jack Campbell just he's your future captain. Yeah, when I, I see when that. I interviewed too. him at the combine. I I didn't know whether he he was he was Jack Lambert on one one hand and Jack Nicholson on the other. <laughs> Jack Campbell, I, I I mean, he had that sneer and that that confidence, and he was kind of felt like he was wasting his time, but he was still courteous enough. He he's he's future captain and that size and that speed. He's a rich man's Spillane. You know, they wanted Spillane in the dime because of his length. And his zone drop skills. Mm-hmm. This guy's that. This guy's that guy. Except he runs. He runs. He, he runs. And his instincts. Like one thing that I love are plays when, like, when even when he'd initially get sucked up by a play action, you'd see him immediately take the right steps to change his momentum and then get right to his spot. And at least, like, hey, if you throw the ball here, I'm gonna be in my spot. So, I, and like, I saw him make an interception in the red zone like that, and I was like, man. That's the kind of instincts that you want with the size, the athleticism that he has, and the headiness. Like you said, the leadership there, all that adds up, man. And this is this is where I come into conflict because, like, we just talked about edge rusher, center, <laughs> linebacker, and we didn't even get to talk about the cornerback depth. And then we talked about PZ Jr. I love Julius Brents, and there's all these other guys that you could that you could come down on. This is where I'm like, man, like maybe the trade down is a good thing because there's all these guys that if they can if they can land. Three of those dudes we're talking about, this is a win of a draft on top of whatever whoever they get in the first round. Well, the only way I want to do a trade down, trade downs can't be planned beforehand. I agree. Uh, except, you know, do your basic, make your phone calls and set up the lines of communication. But if you have five guys that you love and they're pretty well tied on your board, mm-hmm. you can go down five spots. That's when you right. can go down. When you have five that are tied, not – uh, let's go down because it's deep and let's hope somebody's still there. You know, if you you definitely have to do the math and that math better be right. And that's when, that's really the only times I want to do a trade down. So I'm not a big trade down guy. Cause I, I want to take the guy you love, but I understand your point about needing more picks. They need more picks. The other thing, the cornerback crop is pretty deep and I hate to Get cocky like that because uh, it's been deep before, and they've tried third rounders, Senquez Golson yeah. in the second, uh, Justin Lane in the third. Uh, one of our guys at Steel City Insider, you came up with Darius Rush in the third round. He was the fastest guy at the senior bowl, converted mm-hmm. wide receiver, all kind of raw speed, perfect uh, guy to, to mentor, be mentored by uh, uh, Patrick Peterson. 
But again, just someone said Justin Lane was a former receiver that had all that upside. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that didn't work out. So, but cornerback is deep. So if you don't get PZ Jr. and you're really not in love with Deontay Banks, but I will say nobody knows Deontay Banks in the NFL better than Mike Tomlin. <laughs> Maryland his, guys. His son played, probably yeah. worked against Banks in practice for three years. <laughs> probably did. But uh, but again, I think that's why this draft is very exciting for the Steelers. They've already done the work to get more picks in on day two. They have 32, 49, and 80, and they could still get more if they traded down from any of those spots, um, including their first-round pick or any of their second-round picks. But we got to see how they take this plan out. He's Jim Wexel. You can get all of his great work because he's been he's been covering this this, this team for years. He knows this, this 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 organization inside and out. Jim, tell them where they can find you, more your work, and how they can buy one of your great books. Well, we have a subscription site at Steel City Insider. Uh, a lot of stuff I put on free, but uh, you know, a lot of stuff is behind a paywall, and uh, yeah, it's it's cheap. And I know nobody wants to pay on the internet for Steelers news, but you don't get all the clickbait and you do get, uh, you do feel in your conscience that you're paying some money for local coverage. It's local, hardworking coverage. It is. And my books are at jimwexel.com if you want them autographed. Uh, and you can contact me. There's a contact us button if you want personally inscribed to Chris. Uh, thanks for being uh, one of the young, uh, <laughs> respectful uh, guys who've gotten my attention on the beat uh, with a lot of other young guys. I'm excited about the young crop of journalists coming up in Pittsburgh, too. And you're part of that, Chris. And you can we also get uh, the books on Amazon uh, if you want free shipping. <laughs> but the Polamalu book is half price at uh, jimwexel.com. So that does it. Again, a big thank you goes out to Jim Wexel for taking the time to come on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But we're not going to let you go just yet because, oh, I didn't forget. It's the final mock draft Monday, which means we get to pick one final winner from all the people who submitted mock drafts. I have read thousands of mock drafts that you guys have submitted over the past few months. I thank you, everyone, for participating. It was very fun going over these, and we're going with one final one. The last thing I said was, give me the one that's realistic and you think works the best for the Steelers. And this is the one that came with it. Congratulations to our final mock, de- mock draft Monday winner of 2023. And that is Alex Brodsky. Alex, you did a great job here because you brought together a, a lot of their needs and in the right places that I think works for them. Now, 17th overall, Alex went and got Broderick Jones. Now, I know some people out there are like, there's no way he falls to the Steelers. More and more analysts are starting to put Darnell Wright over Broderick Jones as far as him going higher, as well as Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky. And with the run on cornerbacks that are still possible, the run on edge rushers and defensive linemen, it's getting more and more, as well as quarterbacks, it's getting more and more likely that one of these players could fall to the Steelers and that it could end up being Broderick Jones. We've talked about his lack of polish as a pass protector on this show a little bit and how that's kind of, I think, people discouraging people. Alex getting him in his mock draft, I think, reflects that, that more of the simulators are also reflecting that as well. You can get the same with Pro Football Focus. I believe this one is Draft Wizard, if I remember, if I recognize the font for it. But uh, Broderick Jones, 
home run of a first round pick. And I do think one of those tackles will fall to the Steelers. Then Alex did what we've talked a lot about on this show, and that's trading back in the first in the second round with the 32nd overall pick. He trades back just six spots to get Julius Brents at the 38th overall spot. And then got an extra fourth round pick with Darius Rush at 109. Uh, but to get to backtrack there, Julius Brents at 38, great value. I think Julius Brents is one of the better cornerbacks of this draft class. If you've listened to the show, you know that I've hyped him up. I think he had a great senior bowl. I think he talks car- talks really well, carries himself really well. I think he's going to be a future leader somewhere in the NFL in someone's secondary. Then at 49th overall, you get Jack Campbell to me, the best linebacker on the board, future leader, as Jim Wexel was talking about on this very show I think that he would be a great addition to this Steelers defense not just now but for many years to come and then you have Isaiah Foskey the edge rusher out of Notre Dame adding to that edge depth giving you an option there so at least there's somebody who's competing behind Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt to be that that first guy that comes off the bench and helps in that spot then as I said before Darius Rush with at 109 with with the pick that was traded down for to get four from uh at 38 so that that was a pretty good move there getting Darius Rush now you add two young cornerbacks to this room which I think bodes well for the future for the Pittsburgh Steelers then getting Kayshawn Boot uh from uh, the receiver from LSU really good fit there at 120 another fourth round pick there you get your wide receiver added to the room young guy really really athletic could be a good fit and gives you an op- option option there to say, hey, does he pass up Calvin Austin? We'll see. Either way, you got a more, even more full wide receiver room. Then with your seventh round picks, you took Jalen Redmond, defensive lineman out of Oklahoma, and McClendon Curtis, offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman out of Chatt- Chattanooga. All in all, Alex, really good hitting a, a lot of the needs here and especially double dipping at cornerback, getting offensive line early. And that's why I gave Alex the points there is because he went and got offensive tackle early. Yes. If talent is important, but I think Broderick Jones' talent is right up there with, with some of the best players in this draft class. I think that in the long run, he's going to be one of the better offensive tackles in the NFL. And I look at how how he's how he's playing and how this the offensive tackle draft uh draft class builds out. It drops off pretty steeply after the after those first few guys. The Steelers get one of those guys. And then they can still get really good value at cornerback um, as they do with double dipping here. I think that this is the best route for the Steelers to take in the NFL draft. But again, it all depends on how the field plays it. Thanks again for checking out to the Locked on Steelers podcast. Thanks again to Jim Watson for joining on here. If you want to get more of this show, we're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, YouTube, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Like this video if you see it on YouTube. Subscribe to this channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes. Thanks again for checking out the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'll be back tomorrow with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast.